And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey everyone, Zach here. Welcome to another episode of MLM Rebels. I... I'm excited to be where I'm at. We are in California right now. Be here for about a month or so. Uh, pretty much the entire month of March will be here. And man, it's just totally different than Chicago. Uh, the weather, the weather for the next few days, actually for the, like the next seven to ten days, says cloudy. And I was like, oh man, this sucks. You know, it's gonna be cloudy. And I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I bet cloudy here means something way different than cloudy in Chicago. And I was I was telling Ashley, I was like, I bet cloudy here means like kind of like clearish clouds where the sun still pokes through, and it's not like these dirty dog like super low to the ground, you know, rain clouds like Chicago has. And lo and behold. I was right. <laughs> well, it's not a podcast about me telling you how right I am. It's just a podcast where it's just a quick minute of me being really grateful for the uh, the beautiful California weather. Um, uh, this morning, uh, our upline actually called, and he's a really good dude. He's the uh, yeah. I've referenced him a few times before on the podcast. He's the 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 number one or number two American income earner. He just bounces between number one and number two American income earner in our company, and he's the only guy in the company to have. Uh, it's called. Uh, well, I don't want. I don't want to like say too much, and then. Uh, but he's like probably one of the most prestigious dudes um, <laughs> in in the company for sure, and um, just a really really good dude. He called us this morning and. Uh, and, I was, and he's like, so how, how's California treating you? And I was like, dude, it's it's sunny every day. Who knew? He's like, everyone knows, dude. <laughs> Literally everyone knows that. He lives uh, he lives down south a little bit near San Diego. And so we're about an hour and a half north of him in the L.A. area. And... Uh, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's just nuts because, you know, it's cloudy today, but yet the sun is still shining on me. Like the shadow, like there's a really, really contrasting shadow from where, where I'm standing right now. Uh, it's just totally nuts. So we're very grateful to, to be here and to have the opportunity to travel around and, uh, and things like that. So pretty exciting stuff, um, being out here and I'm excited to spend some time with you guys here today. And today I want to talk to you about the 
power and the detriment of focus. You know, I've heard before that the number one cause of failure is broken focus. And in a lot of senses, I actually do agree with that for sure. In some senses, um, I think... I think there's something that I want to clear the air on, especially in network marketing, about focus. Um, but it is definitely a major contributor, if not the primary contributor, in why people don't make it in uh, marketing, like online marketing or in network marketing. And since, I mean, those are the only two industries I really have, like, solid, I mean, I, I had experience in the corporate world. Um, but as far as owning my own business, I only have experience in two industries, <laughs> online marketing, you know, regular marketing in 20 different industries <clears throat> and then network marketing. Um, and I can tell you that in these two industries that I know about broken focus is typically the main cause of failure for sure. The next one, ironically is it's not ironic actually it's it's lack of focus it's um it's shiny object syndrome but believe it or not the, the so the ironic part is there has to be a, a a little bit of a balance not necessarily balance from shiny object syndrome so if focus if pure unadulterated focus is on one end of the spectrum it's over here uh you know at at unit number 100, positive 100, and, you know, negative 100 is uh, shiny object syndrome to the max, and zero is perfectly in between, I believe success probably resides somewhere around positive 50 to positive 75, so definitely on the side of focus, Um, but I think that really, really intense focus like unadulterated, not not even looking at anything else. So like meaning at positive 100, that can lead to never questioning anything and never questioning, am I doing the right thing? Am I using the right strategies? And that's what I did for six, seven years. And that was my actual primary cause for failure was my extreme focus um, to the point where I wouldn't even look up to see if what I was doing was correct. I was marching so hard and I didn't even realize I was marching in the wrong direction. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the caveat to focus, which is interesting. So I said this in a podcast earlier this year, I think it was in January and it was basically my, my roadmap, my mental roadmap for when you should be questioning things and when you should be focused. So if the sweet spot, I think, my personal belief is that it's somewhere between positive 50 and positive 75, so three quarters, right, or uh, or even more than that on the focus side of life, you know, that means that the majority of the time you should be highly focused, and uh, a small percentage of the time you should be re-examining things, and so I kind of gave the, the roadmap or the mental schematic of, you know, once or twice a year, a predetermined once or twice a year, not whenever your mind gets, you know, uh, sidetracked. A predetermined once or twice a year, take some time and reevaluate everything in your world. Where am I going? I mean, and we're talking about business right now, but you know, you can talk about this with everything. But reevaluate, you know, what am I doing? Am I in the right company? Am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I doing something I actually care about? Is the, um, like, what am I, what are my goals? Are my goals still the same? If the goals change, the plan has to change. And are my goals still the same? Now, assuming that your goals are the same, like, am I doing the thing that's going to get me there? You know, most likely network marketing, you probably know at this point, is going to get you to your goals, but is the way that you're building the business getting you where you need to go? You know, if you've been doing something for six, 12 months and you haven't seen progress, 
in this industry, that probably means that what you're doing isn't working. You know, in some in some areas, that means that you're just kind of in a ramp up period. But you know, for what we're doing, if you haven't seen any discernible progress in six to twelve months, um, you know that's that's typically a sign that it's time to reevaluate and change what you're doing. Now, if you have been doing shiny object syndrome for six to 12 months or two to five years and you haven't had progress, that's shiny object syndrome. That's typically where most people fall. You know, I I don't know exactly what the number is, but I've probably interviewed, I mean, uh, probably three to 8,000 people is my guess personally. Um, when it comes to network marketing, uh, it's just my guess. It's probably, it's actually probably more than that. Um, and the primary reason that people don't make it is not because they're too focused. That's like a rarity. Like my, my kind of story is a rarity. And, and I see that. I don't mean that in an egotistical way. I mean, I, I was an idiot, you know, being so hyper-focused, I didn't know what I was doing. So, but that, that's a rarity generally when someone is so hardcore focused for so long, uh, in their own, like in this industry and they don't even realize like that they don't even like look up to see if where they're going is the right direction or not. The common thing that happens is people hop from strategy to strategy, from company to company, um, not really putting a ton of effort in to any particular strategy and continuing to jump like too quickly with low effort. That's what happens 99% of the time. That's why people that don't make it in this industry typically fail uh, because of that. Very rare do you have the person that's working really, really hard, who's highly focused, highly concentrated, continually to improve themselves, and they're still not getting results. If that's happening, either the results are coming and just kind of hang on, buddy, or you're in the wrong, like you're doing the wrong thing. Like you're either wrong, you're either in the wrong company. Uh, meaning like there's a reputation problem or the strategy's bad. One of the two. Uh, the other reason, like the secondary reason why people will not do good is the strategy is bad, meaning the system sucks or the company's reputation is bad. Um, I'm not going to get into that today, but that's that's reason number two. At the end of the day, if you're trying to duplicate something that no one wants to do, no one's going to, like, it's going to be really, really tough to duplicate it. So I want to tell you a quick story. Um, on December 29th, 1972, there was a, uh, a plane flying, and it was an, it was an Eastern Air, Airlines flight, and it was flying into the Miami airport. And they're nearing the their place where they're starting to descend, and as they start to descend, the pilot and co-pilot say, okay, drop the landing gear, and they go and flip the switch for the landing gear. And, you know, it takes a you know a couple seconds, a few minutes, or whatever, to, for the landing gear to drop. And they look down at the indicator light that should tell it tell them if the landing gear is secured, securely fastened in the down position. And they look at it, and it's like, the landing gear's not down. What's going on? The landing gear's not down. They start to freak out a little bit, right? It's basically, the, there's a rocker switch with a green light on it. And the green light was supposed to illuminate, and if the light was illuminated, it means that the landing gear is locked in the down position. Well, it wasn't illuminated. And they're like, okay, this sucks. So they're, they're toggling the switch, trying to get it going back and forth. Um, they're like freaking out now because they're supposed to descend. You know, they are descending, and nothing is, like the landing gear is not working. So they're like going, they're screwing with it. And, they, and then they, now they send someone down to the bottom of the plane. Like, oh my gosh, go check the landing gear, see if it's down or not. 
And so they're sending someone to in, like down into the plane to look through one of the viewing glasses to see if the gear is, you know, down, if the wheels are down. And now they're freaking out. The one of the co-pilot, the co-pilot is ripping apart the, you know, the dashboard to see if the switch has like malfunctioned, if the landing gear is not going down, things like things like that. And they're staring at this light, and the, and the black box, the thing that records the conversation, you know, talk, like has all this thing, all this conversation going back and back and forth, and then recorded. And and uh, and so they rip apart. They rip. They rip the dash apart. They're going down to check the landing gear, and they find out the landing gear is down. So, the, so they like basically get told the landing gear's down. It's locked in place. We're ready to land. And within ten seconds of that message being transmitted, they crashed into the Florida Everglades. And that plane crash, um, actually, over a hundred people lost their lives in that plane crash, which is extremely sad. And you know, it's kind of a messed up message to give on a podcast, isn't it? And uh, so, obviously, our, pr- our prayers go out to those that lost their lives in that in, in that crash. But what's the point here? The point is that the pilot and the co-pilot, they broke their focus. Why? Because during this whole time, when they were worried about the landing gear not being down, they never engaged autopilot. And they, and they lost half of their designated altitude in this flight and ended up crashing into the mountains. They lost their focus. And it's really, really, really sad. It's a horrible image to put in your mind. What happened was the light bulb, the indicator light bulb on that rocker switch for the landing gear was burnt out. That's all that happened. The light bulb burnt out and went into the, everyone went into a frenzy and they forgot to engage the, the autopilot and keep at the designated altitude. They kept losing altitude, losing altitude until they, until they ended up crashing into the mountains. So... Obviously, that's an incredibly sad story, and I don't want to bring you down at all. And I want you to, you know, uh, <laughs> say a prayer for those families. I mean, obviously, that was a long time ago, but it's clearly, clearly, there's still, you know, people that are related to them that that passed away in that plane crash that are still alive today. So, you know, we want to send our prayers out to them. But the point is, the focus got broken, and they were so fixated on this tiny little thing that they lost focus on the big thing. And so as we talk about focus, as we talk about shiny object syndrome, just realize that you have main primary things in your life that need to get taken care of. And then there's little things. That's the that's that's one of the, it's, it's, it's a reason that people don't do well in business in general, especially network marketing. Because network marketing doesn't demand your full attention, doesn't demand you give it a full-time effort. You can give it a part-time effort and still do okay. It doesn't demand that you invest, you know, your life savings to get in. You know, because of this lack of demand, it does. It, sometimes it it doesn't. You don't put a high value on things, right? You get you see distributors that they don't put a high value on the business opportunity they're a part of. That's one of the best and worst parts about this industry. Is since it doesn't cost a lot to start. You know, it, that's the best part, right? It's also the worst part because your value that you place on it is so low that you don't put it as a primary focus in your brain. You don't put it you don't put it with the focus that autopilot should have. Does that make sense? <clears throat> if you think about your life in there's a uh, analogy of, you know, like you, a, a clear mason jar, right? It's a clear mason jar. And you have if that 
mason jar is representative of the time you have available. You have a few things that you can put in that jar. You have roll, you have boulders or you know rocks, right? Then you have small rocks like pebbles, and then you have sand. And what I typically see is people will fill their jar with sand when it should be filled with boulders. Here's what I mean. I want you to think of the boulders in your life. What are the really important things that you you cannot and will not um, allow to become less important? What are they? Probably work, your job, right? That's a boulder in your life. You have to go to your job, otherwise you can't survive. All right, so your job is a boulder. What's another boulder? Um, maybe your family, right? If you have kids uh, or if you have a spouse, uh, if you have parents, if you're young, um, you know, those are those potentially might be a boulder that won't get moved. Typically, a lot of a lot of times people move the family stuff into the pebbles. Um, but you know, let's say that's a boulder, right? Work is a boulder. Family is a boulder. What else is a boulder? I mean, that's that's a lot of times where things stop. Uh, maybe you know, paying a bill, but that's kind of along the lines of work. Okay, so what is what are what are pebbles? Pebbles are. You know, maybe they are uh, working out, right? You know, taking care of yourself, uh, going out of your way to eat healthy. Maybe they are uh, going to see, uh, maybe it's going to church. Maybe that's a pebble. Um, what, are, what is sand? Sand is all the little tiny stuff um, like watching TV, right? Um, it's things like reading a book, uh, things that just fill in the crevices. They fill in the cracks. They go around the boulders. You schedule time in your calendar for the boulders. I, I know for sure from nine to five, I'm going to be at my job, right? I know for sure from six to eight, I'm going to be picking up my kids from baseball. Those are boulders. Pebbles kind of fall in around those and then sand falls in around that. What most people do in network marketing is they treat their business like a peb- like pebbles or like sand, when it should be a boulder. The boulders are the things that are not necessarily urgent, but highly important. That's a huge, huge discrepancy. Most people chase the urgent, not the important. The urgent would be they're, pl- they're putting out fires in their life, but they're not uh, doing what's going to be important for them long term. Network marketing is highly important. Your business is highly important for you, but it's not necessarily urgent, right? If you don't need it to pay your bills, it's not urgent. It's just important. And I have so many conversations with people that are uh, in a place in life where you know they, they've they've had a career, they've had um, time to work on their business, and um, now they're at a point where. Now, network, now their network marketing business is not only important, but it's highly urgent. And, you know, that's, that's like good and bad, right? Because now it's like they've got no choice. They wish they would have done it 20 years ago. And, you know, if that's where you're at, that's totally cool. It's time to, it's time to, put, the, time to put the gas on. If that's not where you're at and you're a little bit earlier in your career, like just go find, just go find, you know, just, just go find one of these people I'm referencing and they'll tell you that they probably wished that they would have put the same priority on the important things as they did on the urgent things. So here's what I encourage you to do. Make your business a boulder in your life. Make it a boulder in your life just as important, if not more important than your job. The way I viewed my business when I had a job was that if I show up for work today, for my job, if I show up for my work today, I'm showing up for my business. No questions asked. Like literally, there was never a day, not one single day, that I 
went to work and didn't work my business. I mean, oh, okay, let me let me rephrase that. I'm kind of referencing, because uh, I definitely had a couple days off, but in six or seven years, I don't think I took more than five to 10 days off of my business. So I'm referencing me being sick. Uh, so if I, if I showed up for my job, basically if I was well enough, physically well enough to show up for my job, I was physically well enough to show up for my business. The only time I'd, I would let myself take a day off for my business because of lack of feeling good physically was if I, if I literally called in sick to work. That's the only time I let myself off. If now, and that might be a little bit hardcore for you, and I understand, but the, the way I looked at it was if, if, if I'm going to give my boss my best today, if I'm going to give him eight hours of my best parts of my day, I'm going to at least give myself two to three hours of my second best parts of my day. But truthfully, I wanted to make it just my best as well. But if I'm going to show up for work today, I'm showing up for me today. And you know, I pro- looking back on those six, seven years, I probably should have taken a few more days off um, of both job and business. But my rule was if I show up for my job, I'm showing up for my business, period. And uh, it, it's because it was a boulder in my life. It still is a boulder in my life. Now, today, we do have a luxury of we working our business full time. But, you know, someone told me yesterday, and I almost, I literally almost freaking threw the phone out the window. Um, <laughs> but someone, I, who was it? I don't even remember who it was. And this wasn't yesterday. This was actually a little while ago. A little while ago, someone's, someone basically told me, you know, they were like, you know, yeah, Zach, that's cool. But, like, you get to work your business, you know, full time. You know, so like, I just want, I just won't be able to do what you're doing. And I was like, what? I was like, are you telling me that I'm lucky for building my, for being able to build my business full time? Like, dude, there is no amount. Like, like I worked my guts out for seven years to, with the job and a business to be in a place where I could do my business full time. Worked a 40, 50, 60 hour work week. And then I worked my business 30, 40 hours a week on top of that for six and actually seven years, for seven years straight. Like there, there is no part of this where it was like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm lucky. I get to work my business full time now. Um, and I remember when, when that person said that, I was like, I'll usually let most people say things and like let them kind of get away with it. Uh, and just be like, yeah, whatever. But when someone says like something like that, like, oh yeah, dude, like, well, that's good for you because you get to work your business full time. So you're pretty lucky. Like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Um, not the case at all. Anybody who's full time in their business, you know that there was a time where you had to burn the candle at both ends and, uh, and thank God that you're not a candle. But anyway, um, that was that, that was a little while ago, uh, and stuff. All the all the conversations that I've had recently have actually been really really good. I think I mentioned that the other day in a podcast that uh, a lot of the conversations that we've been have re- having recently, definitely over the past week, have all been you know really really amazing people um, who you know it's just been been really awesome. Um, anyway, hopefully this all made sense to you. Hopefully that you are uh, making a you're putting a boulder you're making your business a boulder in your life and you're choosing to focus on it. Well, anyway, it was amazing spending time with all of you today and um, appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you all soon and see you in the next episode. Thanks.